0: Hello and welcome to Highlights. Again, this is a podcast where we get an opportunity to talk to individuals and other works throughout the brotherhood that perhaps maybe you don't know about, and we have an opportunity to bring them to you and perhaps shed some light on them and the good that they are doing for the kingdom. Uh, certainly appreciative of you being with us. As I have an opportunity to host this alongside Michael Clark as the co-directors of the Scattered Brother Network. Here, uh, we do want to. Uh, there's a lot of new stuff going on here. If you're listening to this audio, um, it wouldn't make any sense that it's new because you're not watching it. But we are recording this um, through a new program online that we're able to bring people together and do a video Uh, format to this. So the highlights podcast from here on out is going to be audio and video as well. So these are going to go up on our YouTube page. So maybe you're listening to this and you want to go look at, uh, I guess you want to look at our faces and see what we're looking at, see what we look like. (laughs) Or maybe you don't want to, maybe you just want to do audio only. Um, But maybe you want to look at who it is that we're talking to and some of the things that they're involved in. Uh, Then go to our YouTube page, look up the scattered abroad network, and you can find all of that information there. Um, as you can find all of our other podcasts on scatteredabroad.org. our website, we do encourage you to go to all of those things. Again, I don't, I, I'm struggling to how to use this. Uh, I'm going to throw all this stuff on the screen for you. Again, our website scatteredabroad.org. Also, if you do want to send us an email, you can do so at the scattered network at gmail.com. Um, and certainly we would love to hear from you any kind of feedback or any kind of questions or remarks that you might have about, uh, this particular podcast or any of the things that we have uh, going on here at the scattered abroad network, Michael, it's been a while since we do, we've done this podcast, obviously a little bit different how we do highlights, uh, but I think it's very beneficial. Uh, wouldn't you agree?
1: Yeah, I, I can tell you that um, some of the memories I have with us recording, most of them are this podcast when you and I do something together, because I think about the podcast we did with the, uh, the families of faith yeah. and I bought like the entire store while right. we did it. <laughs> right? Uh, you know, there's, there's, So many good works out there that we don't really know who they are. You may not know who they are either if you're watching or listening. And I've been encouraged with the very little amount of episodes that we've been able to do, who all we've gotten to meet and how we've gotten to kind of learn more about the works that are going on in the brotherhood.
0: Right. No, you're exactly right. Um, A lot of, yeah, like you mentioned, some of these works that we've talked about, I didn't really even know about Um, or you didn't know about but one of us did so we had an opportunity right. to collaborate and and do things like that so certainly appreciative of this podcast uh, i don't remember whose idea it was to do this but it it was a good one and we're grateful to be able to do this uh, today we have a very special guest uh his name is Andrew Young Andrew thank you so much for uh taking some time to be on the highlights podcast with us
2: thank you very much for having me i really appreciate the uh the opportunity to be a part of the uh the podcast here,
0: absolutely. Andrew is a student at the Southeast Institute of Biblical Studies, and he is uh, fixing to go back once he graduates uh, to go back to Australia uh, to continue. Uh, hoping to help spread the borders of the kingdom there. And we are excited to have him on to talk about some of the work that he is going to be involved in and maybe some ways that uh, you as an audience are going to be able to help him uh, in in this manner and in this way. Uh, but Andrew, th- again, thanks so much for taking some time to be with us and to be on this podcast. I know you're busy, you're in school, you're coming up on the end of your uh, quarters and semester. So I know you got a lot going on, but thanks so much for being with us. Um, introduce yourself uh, to, to us, to those who are listening. Um, obviously you and I have a little bit connection and we talked about that a little bit uh, off camera uh, or off when we were recording but if you want to talk about uh, any of that just kind of introduce everyone to who you are and some of the things that you do
2: yeah sure thing um, so as was mentioned my name is Andrew young I, I'm originally from Tasmania Australia so that's kind of the the little island off the southeast coast of the mainland of Australia still a part of the country of Australia uh, people probably know it uh, most for the for the Tasmanian devil um, it's it's just kind of like a an island state of australia uh that's where i grew up i've grown up um my, my family is a part of the church there my dad was a preacher uh down down there my dad obviously went to um went to the memphis school of preaching with your dad caleb so yeah, that's right uh, there's that family connection there that we've um the, the rutherford and young clans have had a a, a long established connection there Right. right. Um, I guess uh, I I grew up in in Hobart, which is the capital of Tasmania. Grew up in the church, and um, you know, for 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 several years, have um, uh, uh, sorry after several years, have made the decision to uh, to get into preaching. So I came over to the Southeast Institute of Biblical Studies here in East Tennessee with my wife. Uh, Her name's Hannah, and I got uh, when I came here, I had two daughters, and now I've got three daughters. So I've I've got a, a a four year old, a sorry yeah a four-year-old a two-year-old and an eight-month-old now so um saying i'm busy is a, maybe an underestimation of what's going on with finals sure. uh three daughters all that's going on but um uh i'm certainly happy to uh to take part in the podcast so
1: I think it's really cool that you're able to kind of have an experience from being overseas and now in the States as well. You spent some time now in the United States. You're going to go mm-hmm. back to living in Australia in just a few months. Uh, will you contrast what it's like living here versus what it's like in Australia? Because every time I've ever heard about Australia, they're always talking about the deadly creatures and stuff over there. <laughs> and I just, I have to think it's not that bad.
2: Well, what, what I like to say is um, yeah, in, in Australia, it's the animals that are trying to kill you in Tennessee. Yeah. It's drivers. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's that's the major difference that I found between yeah. between the, the countries. Yeah. You're, you're not wrong. Yet. That's right.
1: <laughs>
2: um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's certainly some cultural differences, and I think like when we think of the similar similarities between the the countries, it's. We often kind of see, you know, they're, they're very similar kind of people, Australia and America moving over here. We weren't expecting too much culture shock, uh, but there's certainly some. There's certainly um, culture shock in, you know, that idea of what's trying to kill us, as well as, um, you know, language barriers as well. We think sure. we both speak English, but, um, you know, I, I use totally different terms oh, over yeah. here. So, um, a, a guy over here gave me a, uh, he lent me a truck while I was over here to, to study. And that was very, very kind of him. But he, he, he was looking at me weird whenever I called it a ute. And he was saying, what's, what's a ute? <laughs> it's, it's a Ute, a utility vehicle. It's just, you know, all these different terms that we use that are totally different. Um, and I, I guess probably to, to give the major contrast, the major difference between the US and Australia uh, is probably a mindset thing. Um, you know, I I find this if I'm, you know, doing any kind of door knocking or evangelism or anything like that, is people have a totally different mindset. So over here, we did a campaign with the Southeast Institute of Biblical Studies. And knocking on doors, we'd ask questions like, um, maybe, uh, you know, what, what do you think happens when When you die? What do you think happens after death? And most people are going to come up with a reasoned response to that. Well, yeah, I've thought about that. And, you know, this is what I think might happen or or this, that, and the other. Uh, In Australia, they're very pragmatically minded uh, and and they don't think about the future. They don't think about what goes beyond this life. So you have a discussion like that with someone, you say, What what do you think happens after we die? And they're just going to say something like, um, I, I don't know. And I guess we won't know until we get there. Sure. So, you know, culturally speaking, um, mindset, there's the mindset difference. And that certainly affects how, even just in regular conversation, how I interact with people over here versus back home in Australia.
0: Yeah, absolutely. A lot of, a lot of differences. I, um, so my family and I visited Australia, uh, visited Tasmania, guess it was in October of two thousand eight, I believe it was. Um, we spent some time with you and your family. Uh, of course, my uncle mm-hmm. uh, lives in um, in uh, not you live in Hobart. Um, uh, he lives south. Devonport. Yeah, I don't like that. Devonport. He preaches there, uh, also works with the school of preaching that's there as well. So we obviously we had some connections there. uh, But just in visiting, uh, like you mentioned, you know, the terms are different, the way you talk, uh, and the way that we converse is different. Uh, So certainly, I think, you know, some challenges probably that presented themselves to you in your decision to come over here um, and to go to to go to the school of preaching. Um, But I think perhaps maybe in some ways makes it a lot easier for you to go back Uh, obviously Mm -hmm. to teach the gospel as opposed to someone like maybe Michael and myself trying to go there and to, you know, be there full time. It could present a lot of different challenges that maybe we would have to face that, you know, you wouldn't have to face, uh, because you've, you've been there, you've established yourself there already.
2: Yeah. I guess I don't need to have that, um, when I, when I do begin my work in Australia, I'm not going to have that like cultural assimilation process sure. where I have to kind of get used to what the culture is. I'll I'll be able to skip that and get get straight into the into the work, which is certainly certainly a benefit. Uh, but having said that. Um, living over here for two years, it it is easy enough to kind of identify the differences and identify where you need to kind of make those, those changes in conversation. So, you know, if again, if you, you or Michael did come down to Australia, and I'd certainly invite you guys to, um, to come, come and help out with the work on a short term mission trip or something like that. I think that'd be fantastic as you did in 2008 with your parents. Um, you know, it's, it's not something that's unapproachable, uh, for, for, uh, for people in the US, it's, it's a mission field where people can um, see there's diff- a, a few cultural differences, but we are not like thrown out in the water in like a, um, a, a, a country, a, say a third world country with, um, you know, a lot of cultural differences, a lot of language differences where you're going to have a lot of those struggles. Um, Australia is one of those places where you can kind of really ease into it there are going to be some cultural differences but you can identify them and overcome them pretty easily
0: sure absolutely let me ask you this um Andrew why why preaching I know I know obviously with your Mm -hmm. with your dad going through the middle school of preaching um it, it was there it's been present you know in your life uh with him preaching as well so but I guess I don't know it's kind of interesting to me because like my, I mean, Michael and I both grew up with preachers, uh, as fathers. Yeah. Um, and, and yet for me, it wasn't something that I necessarily always wanted to do it wasn't until later on in mm-hmm. life. I decided to do that. So why, I guess for you, why, why this?
2: I guess uh, like what you said, there's uh, very true, I think most, Most kids who grow up in a preacher home, the last thing they want to do is preaching. Like that is just—they see what goes on in the life of a preacher, and they say, "I don't want any part of that." Um, They just want to want to uh, keep away from it. Um, But I feel like, and I feel like probably all three of us are evidence of this, that there's always something in the back of our mind that we recognize the calling that our um, our parents responded to, and recognize the. the the task in scripture that Jesus gives his disciples to go into all the world and pre- preach the gospel, right? Uh, we recognize that and we have that in the back of our mind. And I mean, I worked for 10, oops, nearly 10 years in sales, customer service, and I, I thought that was what I was going to be doing. Yeah. But I always kind of had that um, recognition of that role and recognition of that charge that Jesus gave to the disciples in the back of my mind. And it wasn't until probably four years ago uh, that I made the decision, you know what, I do want to be a preacher. I do want to um, commit myself to, to spreading the gospel in the, in the uh, community in Australia. Uh, and the, the, I think the primary reason, well, sorry, there, there are a few primary reasons behind that. One of them was... Um, feeling unfulfilled in the work that I was doing, just kind of like, I'm doing work, I'm making money out of it. Um, I was working in a resolutions department in a telecommunications company. So basically taking phone calls of people who wanted to yell at me. And that's, you know, that's that's not a fun job for (laughs) anyone. Um, And kind of getting into that job, and yeah, I was making good money, and I was doing well, I was providing for my family, but I felt very unfulfilled thinking I could be doing more with my life uh, knowing what my dad did with his life and 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 continues to do with his life, thinking you know that that's kind of there in my mind, and the other thing was the the great need for preachers as well was the other thing that really uh, stuck out to me uh, when I looked at the we had a, a, a directory of churches in Australia, uh, entire country of Australia similar in size to the United States right? There's only fifty congregations of the Church of Christ in in the entire country, okay and about 10 of them have preachers uh and and even fewer five have elders so as far as like the statistics go of uh preachers to, to congregations preachers in states and communities uh there just isn't that much going on in australia so i i guess feeling unfulfilled in what i was doing in my work and seeing a a great need um for preachers in australia I, I felt like I, and knowing that I had the upbringing to kind of uh, get into this work um, fairly seamlessly. I, I could go to a school of preaching, do what my dad did and follow in his footsteps to some extent and get into that work. It was kind of just, everything was lining up. The opportunities presented themselves. Um, the, I had the ability and I felt the responsibility was there to, um, to, to preach the gospel in Australia.
1: Certainly, that's something that a lot of people hopefully will be able to be influenced by you when you go back and make the same Mm -hmm. decision to preach. I know that's your goal is to try to help the congregations there be strengthened, to help those that are outside the church be brought to Christ. And Mm -hmm. um, man, I think it's it's a wonderful challenge. And I know that it's a possibility for you to be able to go there and make an impact because we read in scripture that that has happened before. And yeah. so I know the quality of work that you're going to do is going to be great. And a lot of that has to do with your education. Uh, of course, Caleb and I went through Memphis. And so uh, we're not saying anything negatively toward any other school. It's just where we happen to go. Uh, I did make sure to put, you know, my Memphis logos here. You see that one there? And then I wore my Memphis polo. Uh, but you, you've you made a decision to go to another great preaching school yep. in Knoxville, Tennessee, Tennessee. Uh, Southeast Institute of Biblical Studies, or SEBs, uh, as mm-hmm. a lot of people call it for short. Talk about your experience there as a student, um, kind of what you've been able to accomplish as a student, what you've covered, and and what you're going to be able to take from those two years there
2: back to Australia. Yeah, absolutely. And before I get into that, I do want to say that I, I strongly considered Memphis before coming sure. to Southeast. Yeah. They were both ex- excellent schools. And, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Certainly, certainly appreciate both of them. Um, I guess you know with with everything that I've learnt um, at school. I think when when I started, uh, b- sorry, before starting school, I was thinking, you know, I'm in the position where I could I could be effective in Australia because I've got the the cultural assimilation down. I could be effective right. in that. Um, so you know, I feel like often young preaching students come at this with maybe a uh, maybe a level of ego, maybe a little bit of arrogance to a like, you know, Maybe preaching school is going to help me out, but I feel like I'm I'm pretty prepared mm-hmm. to get into the work. Um, after my first year of preaching school, I realized how woefully unprepared I was to <laughs> um, to get into preaching, yes. uh, thinking I had it all for my dad and everything. I realized, you know, there's a lot more to this, and I've I've so greatly benefited from the um, from my studies here, uh, from the from the men who, who who teach these classes. They're very very qualified men. Very um, very well knowledgeable men in in scriptures and and they've been able to pass a, a lot of that to me, as well as just kind of seeing the uh, the practical application of scripture for the minister and seeing how how the preacher ought to apply these teachings into his ministry and how how we ought to behave as as preachers. A lot of that was very eye opening for me because again, growing up in a, a a Christian household, growing out in a preacher household, you see some of what goes on. Uh, but your parents aren't going to show you everything that goes on in the, right. the life of a preacher, yep, right? Absolutely. Um, they're not going to show you to a child uh, everything that, that they have to deal with. So I guess coming to preaching school has kind of given me the, the opportunity to see more of, more of that side of thing. What, what is the unpleasantness of being a preacher and how mm-hmm. do you deal with those situations? So that's certainly been um, very, very helpful and effective with the school.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely. Great. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've always, you know, I've been around uh, Southeast a little bit. Um, of course, with my, I know my grandfather um, taught some classes there. I know my uncle, mm. I think he's still an adjunct professor there, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yes, and, that's right. He uh, teaches our know, missions stuff. Sure, right. sure. And, uh, I've had good relationships with, with Steve Higginbotham, um, you know, a lot of other connections, uh, So I've always had heard great things about, uh, Southeast and obviously we're just excited that you chose a preaching school, you know, period to go to, um, certainly we're Mm -hmm. appreciative uh, of that and all of the work that they do. Let me ask you this, Andrew, what, what exactly does it look like for you? You know, you're getting ready to, you're graduating soon, right? When is that?
2: I'm going to be graduating in May, end of May. So next month is, is my My graduation. Sure.
0: So you you are right here, real close to it, right? So what exactly does it look like? When I get off
2: this this podcast, I'm going to be studying for some tests. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) There you go.
0: There you go. Obviously, best of luck to you uh, in that regard. (laughs) I need it. I need it. (laughs) Um, But but what exactly do your plans look like um, as you're getting ready to graduate? Kind of just the immediate time after. What exactly does that look like for you?
2: Yeah, and we we have um, we were lucky in coming to preaching school that we actually had our plans laid out before we even got here. Sure, you know a lot of my fellow students are coming into preaching school and being like, okay, we've got to got to get a resume together, mm. got to search for a job, find out what it is we're going to do. Right. Uh, and there's certainly part of that for me in in you know getting ready for the work that I'm getting into. But we had already uh, ha- had a congregation to go to. We had a plan. to what we're going to do, uh, and basically that is, as soon as we we graduate from the school, uh, three weeks after graduation, we're going to be flying back home to Australia and working with the Knowles Road Ch- Church of Christ in Adelaide, South Australia. Okay. Um, this congregation is a congregation that I, I did actually have the um, the benefit of working with um, very very briefly. So, we actually intended to come to Southeast in two thousand and twenty. Um, that was the plan. We we had everything organized. We were doing our fundraising for school. We had it all set. We had tickets booked and all that. Uh, and then when when COVID happened in March 2020, well, when the restrictions really happened in March 2020, we were unfortunately, we had to cancel our, our trip. So um, I lost my job as a result. At that time, I was actually working at the airport. So we were the one of the first people to lose our jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, we were unable to 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 come to school because of the travel restrictions that Australia right. had very strict border uh, border rules with with COVID, so we were kind of like stuck there for a year. Like we we don't know what to do. Uh, Knowles Road, the Knowles Road Church of Christ, they reached out to me at that time and said, "Look, we know you're planning on going to school. We know you've got these plans to do this. Why don't you move up to Adelaide, come here to South Australia, and work with us for a year, uh, and just kind of get a bit of a." Bit of experience under your belt sure. um, before uh, before going to um, uh, go, going uh, going to preaching school, uh, so I was able to work there kind of a on a, a very much a part time basis, uh, still working a, a secular job in Adelaide, but I was able to work with the congregation for a year, get a feel for that congregation, um, really uh, love that congregation, and get to know each and each and every one of them. Mm-hmm. And by the time we left, we were saying there's nowhere else we want to go we when we finish at southeast we want to be coming to back to Knowles road and working with that congregation so we already had that plan and we already had that set up with um with the brethren at Knowles road before we even got on the plane to come to to southeast
0: that's awesome so would would you say that that's maybe i don't know kind of the way things panned out, maybe perhaps somewhat of a blessing in disguise for you, you know, to be able to go work with a congregation um, for a year, get some experience, go to school, but then also know you have a place to come back. And then when you get back, also knowing that you don't really have, have those, you know, that awkward phase of having to, you know, settle in and get to know everybody, you know, you kind of bypassed a lot of that.
2: Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's incredible looking back how, we see all these things that we saw as roadblocks as sure. we were leading up to it, uh, we, we can see now were hugely beneficial for us. And right. every time we're, we're going through um, school now and we're seeing, um, getting faced with problems like, hey, what if this comes up in your congregation? And we're able to kind of just, apply that very, very specifically and say, Hey, I think we could implement that at Knowles road. And I think I know the perfect person to help with that particular project. or sure. I know the perfect person to help, uh, help do that work. So having that little bit of experience, um, little bit of pul- pulpit experience, little bit of, uh, ministry experience, and just the, um, the security of knowing that I, I have a congregation that I love to work with. And I do really, uh, genuinely desire to go to i know that that's waiting for me on the other side of school that was hugely beneficial throughout the entire process absolutely well i know before i ask you my last question um you live
1: on the campus apartments right over there by the the campground yeah so i have a big connection there of course i go to camp every year at at Mm -hmm. tcc or hillbrook and so uh I've driven past those apartments for most of my life uh, that they've been in existence and built. And so it's uh, it's always nice when I get to make a connection with the people that have been living in there and studying. Uh, because the yeah. goal is to preach the gospel wherever you went to school. It doesn't matter as long as you're going to be faithful. I don't care where you go. Right. And um, right. I'm very excited to see what you do upon graduation. But there are... I'm sure hurdles in order to make what you want to happen happen. There's some things that you need to do and accomplish. So what all do you need to happen in order to make these plans work as seamlessly Mm. as possible?
2: Yeah. And I kind of alluded to the fact that I didn't have too many worries after school because I didn't have to worry about a, a job and everything, there's still quite a lot that comes with what <laughs> with what I'm doing that requires <laughs> sure. quite, quite a lot of preparation before going back to australia um the thing is uh, i mentioned in the uh, uh, earlier on that there are very few churches of christ in australia and they're also very small uh, so Knowles road itself is, has got about 20 20 members, um, which in in Australia is considered an average sized congregation. Sure. The largest one is Queensland, and that's got um, nearly 100 people. So that's the largest con- congregation in the in the country of Australia. Um, and with that, there's also not a lot of um, not a lot of wealth in those those particular churches, and they, very very few can actually support a full time preacher on their own. Um, so what we're doing is we're basically um, we're going to Australia, not just as a as a pulpit preacher at Knowles Road. My work is I'm going to be a missionary to this uh, to the Adelaide and South Australia community. So what I'm doing is I'm raising funds currently and going through a fundraising process, speaking to congregations here in the states who are interested in supporting that kind of work, uh, to try try and get us um, able to be fully supported so we can go to this work and we can devote ourselves uh, just to the work of ministry rather than having to take on a a full-time job again uh and then kind of working part-time with the church uh, i think it's very beneficial for any congregation to have someone who works there full-time and it's beneficial for any community to have an evangelist who can spend his days actually getting out into the community and preaching to the community and 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 making contacts through that uh, which just would be impossible if i was if i was working secularly as well so my my current goal is is um is raising funds for the work and um you know basically I'm, I'm reaching out to any congregations uh who are interested in supporting supporting a kind of work like this so if if any of the listeners know of any congregation that's particularly mission-minded uh interested in the work in australia or interested in anything that i've um that i've mentioned thus far about the work in australia we'd certainly love to hear from you we'd certainly love to um to get in contact with you and i um if you get in contact with with either of these guys, then I'm sure they could get you in contact with me as well.
0: Yeah. Do you have a uh, Do you have a, like an email address or something that you would want people to reach you at, or how do you want How would you want people to reach you?
2: Yep. Yeah. Certainly. So we we go uh, with the uh, where the young family mission. So if you go to youngfamilymission dot org, um, you'll, you'll come to our website there. That's where uh, most of our commu- communications uh, go through the website, but you can also just email direct directly uh, to my personal email address, which is a.nw.young at gmail.com. Um, so e- either mission. one of them. What go was ahead. that, sorry?
0: Go ahead. No, go ahead. Youngfamilymission.org, oh. is that right?
2: Yeah, that's right. That's, that's probably the best way to, to, to get in contact with us. Okay. Um, you can sign up to my newsletter there. Um, you can see see what's going on in while I've been at school, we've got a few updates going on through there. And that can, um, that'll, that'll be the main mode of communication if you want to get in contact with me. Okay,
0: good deal. Well, certainly, we will obviously push people that way, uh, if they're interested. And hopefully, we will this will generate some interest, uh, perhaps shed some light on on you and some of the great work that you're going to be doing. Obviously, we are excited uh, for you. We're prayerful that everything would go according to plan. I know you're entering a very stressful time you got finals and then (laughs) you've got to pack up and you've got to get moved and then when you get moved you got to settle in and you know kind of get the work moving so I know it's a long process um but I certainly I I know that I have full confidence that you're going to do what needs to be done and you're going to make a great impact on the communities uh that are around you but Angie man thanks so much for taking some time uh to hop on the podcast with you and hopefully this has uh, benefited you in the work that you're going to do so appreciate that very much I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Always excited uh, to, well, actually, I'm not supposed to close this. Sorry, I overstepped. Michael, take it away. Hey, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's what happens when you haven't done one of these in a year (laughs) almost, it feels like. Uh, Well, we are very thankful for youngfamilymission.org and all the work that Andrew and his wife and family will do. And uh, you can check the show notes if you're listening to this for all of that information. You can also look on our YouTube description. We'll put all that in there as well, uh, just in case you missed it. Don't forget that you can send us a work that you'd like us to highlight, and we would be happy to look into it and reach out to them and see if we can talk to them like we did with Andrew. Don't forget about our website. Our email address, I should say, is Network at gmail.com. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. And as always, we're thankful that we had the opportunity today to highlight the work that Andrew's doing, and we can't wait to highlight the next work together. But until then, take care.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued
2: support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to
1: studying with you again soon. May God bless you.